in the books i'm nick tony yo i am tony what is going on all out we are here um tony's actually here live with me this is the first show we've actually done where we're in the same room uh we've been for the most part doing the social distancing but uh we are here a day after uh all out was last night and we both watched it i was at work so i uh couldn't catch Quite all of it, so we decided to watch a couple matches here again to get a refresher. But uh, great card last night, right? Yeah, no, I like it. I thought it was really good. I'm glad I had a night to kind of digest what had happened. Um, you know, I got a chance to also kind of look at some of the reviews, which you don't always get to look at because usually we record these things right after you know we see dynamite happen or right after pay per view happens. Uh, a lot of people had issues with, uh, with 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 some of the uh, matches tonight and with the card, but I, we, I, as you and I were discussing earlier, Nick, we think uh, it actually lent to uh, authenticity a little bit more, and it was actually a really good card, and the outcomes that we wanted to have happen actually happened, and the important outcomes actually worked in the way that we hoped that they would. Yeah, I say great show, but obviously there was controversy, and a lot of people did not like this show at all, actually, and said it was the weakest one so far. You know, I don't even know if that's necessarily an argument, because they've all been so strong, so who, maybe it is, but that doesn't mean it was a, a weak card. Now, I will say, like, it was long, and they probably could have trimmed maybe one or two of those matches from the main card. Some of the there was a period of time after obviously what happened with Sammy and uh, Matt Hardy. We'll get into more, but that was a major issue with this card. A lot of people had a hard time getting back into it after that. I felt the middle part did struggle, but I think the matches we wanted to see were really good. And if you watch them and pay attention, there's like really good match storytelling going on. Uh, and that's in the three championship matches. I thought really carried this. The rest of the undercard, yeah, you can... I thought it was actually all pretty strong, and they told stories. Some of it wasn't necessary. Some of it could have been done better. But uh, for the most part, you know, I brought up, Tony, I, I, I told you, um, I looked up a couple of, like, the uh, in 1998, you know, the fall offerings from, like, uh, WCW and the WWE, and they're full of, you know, if you look at those cards... There's like a couple good matches, but there's like, there's like Disco Inferno and Alex uh, Wright versus like Davey Boy and Nightheart or something like that. Like, uh, you know, you have like Rick Martell still in 98 working matches. Uh, LO, you know, the LOD 2000 versus, you know, working in matches, uh, Skull and Eight Ball. So like, if you compare it even to some of the cards when wrestling was at its greatest and drawing its biggest numbers, like, this is still a pretty goddamn good card. Yeah, no, they were definitely a little tiny pearl on top of a mountain of shit, and the night had a much better foundation than any of those cards would have had back in the day. And, you know, I think the gimmick matches that they had tonight, you know, I, I think, you know, right off the bat, me personally, three weakest parts of, of tonight, just summing it up for me personally, was the first, was the Britt Baker match with Big Swole, the uh, Orange Cassidy Jericho match. Um, and then after that, uh, I would probably say um, probably the eight man tag team for me, just because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit harsh on those type of matches. But for me, I, everything else was good. I agree with you, Nick. The, the championship matches ended in the way that we hoped that they would. Um, and I think they did a lot of good story building all around. Yeah, some of those matches, they were longer and slower, but there was just really good stories to all of them. Um, like the Sheeta and Rosa match, oh, yeah. the first time I saw it, I was like, I thought it was really good, but I don't know that they had good chemistry together. Watching it the second time, what I realized is it's just not chain wrestling. It doesn't look like they're working together to do moves. There's literally a war of attrition between the two of them, and they're going nose to nose, you know. And I think uh, the Moxley MJF match had that, and then the FTR match, they had that, but it was all these other nuances and other things. There was like three main parts to that story. So, um, 
I think as long as you have that in a pay-per-view, like your main matches are are what you want. The undercard, oh, you know, you you can forgive it for not always being uh, the most spectacular thing. I think everyone wants to be, I think everyone watches these for viewers watching, watch these uh, AEW shows worried about listening to Cornette in a couple of days and feeling like an idiot. Yeah. You know, because, oh, they got it totally wrong. They thought something was cool. And then so it's your opinion. It's what you like. Everyone has different tastes and shit. I don't expect everything to be like fucking Mid-South. I don't, I didn't want, I had no interest in Mid-South when I was a kid. I'm sure it was great shit, but that's, that's not, it doesn't need to be that. Um, and not everything's good. Not every match is going to be a five-star fucking match on every car, on every piece of the card. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I thought, you know, consistently it was a good, well-paced show. And, you know, hey, the women got, you know, shit, 20 minutes. Usually the women only get about two to three minutes normally on a normal episode of Dynamite. So I was really happy to see that. And honestly, the two biggest, you know, some, some of the faux pas of the night, some of the mess-ups that they had, you know, obviously the Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy stuff that we'll discuss later on. Um, and then also, too, I think we were watching the, the Moxley match, and there was a fan that ran out when he was actually walking out to the ring. So, I mean, but to me, those actually added another element of danger that actually kind of helped you know make it a little bit more unpredictable and a little bit more interesting of a show to watch because it's not so perfect and polished i think with the time and also you had th- alterations they had to make above putting the brit match into the main card and then well, obviously what happened with sammy and matt um yeah, no. yeah, there was stuff that, like, when you watch, like, oh, wow, this is rough. But I think if you watch it back, it kind of, like, I think as time goes on, people will look at this pay-per-view. They're like, it was pretty wild, and it had some really solid matches. And I think whether it's where it stands as far as the other AEW pay-per-views, I think this was actually a pretty solid pay-per-view that I think if you've been following the storylines along, um, it doesn't wrap them all up, but it, it adds, you know, it's... It's what you wanted from it. You got what you wanted at the end of the night. Yeah, I mean, all the main A-B storylines, they're, you know, either blossoming in the way that they should be and progressing as they should be to make it more interesting. I absolutely agree. All right, let's get into this. All right, so real quick, just to get this out of the way, I didn't really get a chance to watch watch these matches. It was the buy-in. It's available on YouTube. Anybody can access it. So if you want to, you know, pause this before we, you know, go and I give the results away, check it out on YouTube. It's free, Um, but we'll definitely, we're going to cover the, the pay-per-view definitely in its entirety so for the buyout we first had joey janela and sunny kiss versus serpentico and luther uh nick do you got any comments on that did we able to watch that match yeah watch a little bit of this match it was whatever it was but i don't even remember the finish to yeah, be honest so um we had uh pretty much uh joey and sunny ended up going over uh luther and serpentico in that first match and then secondly we had private party uh, versus uh, Reynolds and Silver of the Dark Order. I did watch this one more because I, Silver and Reynolds are awesome and one of my favorite tag teams. Um, private, yeah, I mean, this wasn't anything special, but it was pretty good. I think, mean, you know, Private Party, st- they've been working with more veteran teams lately. To see, so not that Reynolds and Silver aren't, but they kind of had to stand on their own and get a little carried a little bit less on this one, and they did they did pretty decently. No, okay, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to definitely go back and watch that because I am more and more interested each and every week with Reynolds and Silver as a tag team. And, you know, they're they're hilarious on being the elite and everything else, so I can't I can't wait to watch that. Match. They're a really good tag team together, too. Like, the way they work together, the move. They get, yeah, just, I really like them a lot more and more I see them. No, heck yeah, absolutely. All right, well, kicking off the main show, we start off with uh, Britt Baker versus Big Swole. This is a tooth and nail match, and it uh, has... Some interesting stuff in it. Um, me, personally, I, I thought it, it was good. Um, I'm glad it definitely made it to the main show. Originally, the controversy that it was supposed to air on the buy-in, and then a lot of the fans kind of relented and protested, and they ended up ma- putting it on the main show, which I personally agree with. This was a main storyline that's been built over the main shows for weeks with Brit and Swole, so I was glad to see it on the main show. For me, uh, it, it, it wasn't that great. It wasn't as good as I hoped it would be, but you know what? I thought Rebo was a, a shining star in this match and it was interesting for the setting that the match was taking place. What'd you think, Nick? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't super long. It was a quick, fun, dumb match. Um, gimmick, silliness. You know, at the end, <laughs> the old Tim Conway stabbing herself in the needle with the Novocaine going numb and then getting gassed. Uh, and punching through the, the um, diploma, Rebby's interference. And it was just it was just a short, dumb little thing. Uh, was it worth all the build for all these months? I don't know. 
but it was still fun and in a long card like that. It was a weird start off though to start off with a you know like a cinematic match like that. But oh no, I was gonna say, dude, she took that that syringe like Robert De Niro and analyzed that when he's pretending to be catatonic. That, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm like, damn, dude, I'm like, no flinching at all. Britt took that like a fucking champ. No, I love it. I feel I like to think that there is some sort of a reference in the, the famous uh, that if you look on YouTube or look up Tim uh, Tim Conway dentist sketch. It's one of the most famous. He's a dentist. He stabs himself with a Novocaine needle, and he's trying to talk to the patient. He's waving his arms around. It's amazing. I, I, I've, that's why I like this match because I, I felt uh, that I, I got a lot of that from this. So it was just was it great? No, but it was fun. It was short. Yep. No, absolutely. And Big Swole ends up winning by gassing Britt Baker, and that was a, a goofy end to a goofy match. This few can go on. And that's a lot of people like talking about these turns. Like I don't like the way this ended all this time. It doesn't mean that this just because it was on. A pay-per-view doesn't mean it's the end of the feud it should end if you think it should be you you're not understanding like that it doesn't have to be some things are might go on till all out maybe it'll fizzle out on dynamite you can't have everything go a four four week structure end pay-per-view new thing like sometimes you're gonna have overlap and some of your b and c storylines so i don't have a problem with that anymore yeah no and then after that we uh go to the young bucks versus the jurassic express yeah, I don't know. You're gonna. I didn't really watch a whole so, lot of this one. I liked it. I thought both teams really were uh, pretty consistent the entire match. I thought Jurassic Express had a lot of good chemistry, and Marco Stunt got to give him a shout out. There was one spot where uh, I think it was Matt Jackson was standing on the ring apron waiting to be tagged in, and Marco comes over and just grabs his leg and just pulls it out from under him. He slams off the mat, and it allows Jurassic Express to get a little bit more offense at a time when they needed it in the match. So I thought that was a really cool little attention to detail and use. Of of Marco, you know, considering he's out with his, uh, uh, I guess, foot in a cast or whatever, he came out on, on crutches. Um, and I thought the, you know, Young Bucks were still playing up that negative kind of, you know, they're kind of teasing their heel darkness kind of thing. So they're a little bit more mean, a little bit more aggressive with this match. All in all, I thought it was pretty good. And the, uh, you know, Young Bucks were able to, you know, win over the Jurassic, over Jurassic Express. But I thought all in all, it was a pretty good match. I thought Luchasaurus looked really good. He came in at uh, probably about like three quarters of the way through with a really nice hot tag. So it was really good. Yeah, he's always insane with the hot tag. The crowd just fucking loves him. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think that you've shaken up the elite and made the waters murky now, and we're going to see what emerges now. Um, so the Bucks are next in line for a tag team title match, I think. Yep. So it's all set up there. Not a big shock as a winner, but yeah, hey. Nope. And then next we go into the 21-man Casino Battle Royale match, and then we have a the wild card uh, gets revealed this time. Um, Nick, you want to tell them who the wild card is? It was uh, Matt Seidel, formerly Evan Bourne from the WWE. He had a, he was good. He didn't have much of a run. He was one of those guys that it was before the Daniel Bryan kind of run, where if you were small, fuck you. And it is still obviously like that, but you know there was no chance. And he was a guy that was kind of flushed out. He was tag team champions with Cody. I'm not Cody. Kofi Kingston, and may have been. An Intercontinental Champion for a minute? I'm not sure. But uh, he comes in, and a little disappointing because his first movie does his shooting star that he's done a million times and slips and <laughs> almost kills himself. Uh, you don't want to make your debut like that, but hey, sometimes it happens. If you read Jericho's book, every time Jericho's made a debut has started somewhere new, he's made an asshole out of himself, very first thing he's ever done. So it's not that big of a deal, although it sucks for him. Uh, this was all right. I'm listening. Was it great? No, it's a goddamn fucking uh, uh, wild whatever. Uh, Twenty man with one wild card guy. Yeah, what do they call it? What's the battle royal called? Uh, casino battle. Casino Royale. battle. They none of them have been great yet so far. I don't mind the concept of it, but it's just battle royals are hard. I, um, there was moments of guys, you know, in the corners, kind of waiting around for shit to happen, but there was enough cool little spots to at least make it fun. This could have been one of the things could have been cut, but. At the same time, I like the Darby spot. Um, I thought, uh, like I said, there was a lot of fun. So I've seen Brian Cage and uh, what you call it in there, um, Lance, you know, Lance Archer destroying people. Will Hobbs looked really good in it. Yeah, Will Hobbs, like I've been saying, I've been seeing Will Hobbs on Dark, and I hope they bring him to the main roster on Dynamite because he's you know, a, you know, a, an awesome, just monster dude. I mean, he's awesome. And I, I want to see him on, on the main card. I think it'd be great. And also I think it's what, 
uh, Sean Dean or uh, the Captain Sean Dean, I think, is his uh, tag partner that I've seen him with paired with occasionally. So yeah, I, I me, I was gonna ask you, in fact, what you thought of the format of the twenty-one man match because me personally, I like you know the Royal Rumble, but Battle Royals for me are kind of a hit and a miss just based on the formatting alone. But I like this because it's you know it's a good opportunity on a positive note just to be able to have a bunch of story strands and threads to be able to progress those along in a kind of a one shot on a pay-per-view that doesn't really hurt or you know put too many people over over everybody so it was good i liked it um i thought yeah the darby allen the body you know he, at one point darby allen was zipped into a body bag that had thumbtacks in it and then he was then power bombed onto the ramp outside of the ring and that was just pure brutality friday the 13th part seven with the sleeping bag uh kill that's what that reminded me of and then there were thumbtacks on the ring and other guys were falling in them which was great uh and also like you know the eddie kingston his whole group of guys that angle made it a little bit more interesting so like it, there were stories going on it wasn't just guys in the ring throwing each other out so i i give it that at the very least and whatever it was like it wasn't bad at all and then I well speaking of it wasn't bad at all. I, I have to at least mention the Matt Seidel uh, spot when he came out to do a shooting star press, and then he ends up slipping on the. Well, road that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Just, you know, it was. Uh, I hope he was. I hope he's all right, though. I hope he's all good. And I know, you know, luckily, I think his ego is probably the most damaged. But you know, I, going forward, I'm happy he's there. And I like the Casino Battle Royale because, hey, you know, you can get at least one guaranteed surprise. And to see him now in AEW, it's a nice surprise. I'm not. I'm not faulting it. Yeah, I think. So. I think it's fine. I guess there's there's if there's issues with it, it's a battle royale. There's always going to yeah, be some. Sort. Of course, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, Lance Archer ends up winning by eliminating Eddie Kingston, and uh, you know we go forward on. And, and next we're two. Yeah, I don't need to fantasy book this. I'm just gonna watch and see where it goes. Okay. Yep. I understand. Yeah, now Lance he's gonna get another shot against Moxley. And do you want whatever? I I don't book the shit. Who knows? Sometimes even when you watch it at the time, you're like, I don't like this. And then two weeks later, because of where the story goes, you're like, oh yeah, you know what? That was actually pretty sweet. So you know. Yeah, I, I'd rather be surprised. I'd rather be oblivious. You know me, I don't like reading spoilers and stuff. I like to keep myself in the dark and get an honest reaction with what's going on and try not to let too much of the outside interference of what goes on, you know, kind of sway what you and I both do. And I think we're pretty good with that, I agree. too, you know. Um, so next is the infamous Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara, Broken Rules match. Um, so it starts off with, you know, Matt Hardy looking, you know, Matt Hardy with Aubrey Edwards there, you know, in like where the, I guess the football field is at, at Daly's place, similarly to where the, uh, uh, uh what was it? The, uh, Stampede. Yeah, Stadium Stampede. Stadium Stampede match. He's there calling out for Sammy and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Sammy rolls up on a cart. Calling back the Stampede Stadium or Stadium Stampede match. It was basically kind of picking up where that left off almost in a lot of ways, like a sequel. Um, and then it just, you know, it, they brawl a little bit, and then pretty much they go towards the, um, we call it the escalator, scaffold and scissor lift. And next thing you know, they're up in the air over a merch table. Uh, they both go through. Matt takes, it really misses most of the table, takes it right to the head. Uh, now, listen, a lot of people, this is a very controversial match. Some people were really pissed off. There's multiple stories. The story from Tony Khan was was that it was called immediately. You see, Aubrey puts up the X's immediately. Then Matt starts stirring. She gives a 10 count. Matt's able to rise by a 10 count. So to me, that lends a little bit of credence into maybe Matt wasn't as messed up as we think he was. But if you look at when Matt gets up, he's stumbling a bit. It was uh, Sammy has to help him up, but at the same time, it's like they're kind of getting up and never really have their balance in the first place, and are both sweaty. But when Matt does look up, his eyes look vacant, and he looks like Ozzy wandering through the house looking for Sharon. So, I don't know, it's very controversial, but according to Tony, the doc checked him during that period of time. He was fine. He, didn't have, he wasn't concussed. He went to the hospital. Turns out he's fine after the thing. He was able to finish the match. But, uh, you know, the weird thing is they stopped the match. And then the announcer like, okay, that's over. We did the right thing. We're going to always do the right thing and go for safety over anything else. And then as soon as the arc gets done saying that the match is... They're fighting each other again. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah. So, uh, honestly, the first... Obviously, they go on the scissor lift, the, the huge bump. You know, Matt Hardy kind of... He hits... There's two tables set up. He hits the tables. His legs, the bottom part of his body hits the table, but his head and his upper torso smacks. It makes... I mean, he's up probably about 10, 12 feet but, in the air. 
you know, I don't think his head came right down because if it would he'd be dead. Yeah, so did he slide, you think? I think his back? back took a lot of it, but his head still came down, but I think he was able to... Okay. It's not like it was straight. Dude, you come down three feet and smack your head full out with no, nothing but you're dead. Yeah. It was 20 feet, so I mean... Yeah, the camera angle didn't make it easy to see either. So I don't know that it was even as bad as it necessarily looked. He was still... Don't get me wrong. It was very dangerous. He was fucked up. Oh, but yeah. like I said, if his head, if there was no protection, like his shoulders or anything didn't take anything... He He'd probably be dead. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. how would he be alive? So, I think even still bracing, he got fucked up. But I think there might have been a little bit of working to that, to be perfectly honest, on his end. I don't know. He yeah. was, his eyes were pretty vacant, though. In that, But he was able to walk the steps and get up the scaffolding without help. Well, hey, but if you work for Vince, how many concussions have you taken in your career, you know, and, and walked off and not even... Exactly, not kind of used to that. Not even gotten a fucking test to see if you even have a concussion afterwards. And know? who's the guy that's sort of talking about fighting it off? Like, they would almost, like, they'd feel like coming on. Yep. And they were like, who, I forget what wrestler it was, but yeah, it was pretty telling, like... So, yeah, I agree. Uh, not They probably they should just cut the match ended and restarted it some other time. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, taking the whole, you know, health concern, you know, and safety of the of the talent out of the equation, it just fully bungled the entire, you know, pacing of the match. You're already taken out of the whole goddamn thing because, you know, oh, it's ended now. The announcers have already broken that illusion yeah. for us. So I thought they should have just kind of let it go and let it be, you know, the, more revenge. Hey, you know, you can maybe push it for a week or you just let it go and not even talk about it and then it ends and you move on to something else but yeah i thought kind of that was very odd because they literally come back do one or two moves and again after a guy gets a concussion he then climbs another fucking yeah. tower by himself unassisted to then you know push sammy off and, and that spot didn't look good it looked weak compared to the first spot yeah. so yeah, and it just it did bring down the card. I think sucked out the energy in the arena for a while. Now I disagree. Some people said for the rest of the night. Yeah, I think they. No. I think it came back well, to a point. Although I think the crowd wasn't as mic'd as loud as they are a lot of the times. Like I, I didn't think I heard them last night, but then today watching it, like they were there, but it just wasn't quite as like. Mike, this list, some of the dynamites have been, I, I feel at least. No, yeah, absolutely. And then as we alluded, you know, uh, Sammy goes off the big tower that Hardy had to climb up after getting a concussion, and Hardy ends up winning the match. Um, that was, uh, that was you know, a weird, you know, again, like I said to you, I agree. I think they rebounded pretty quick. I think by the end of this next match, I already had kind of forgotten about it, and I was already back into the swing and momentum of the of the. Card. But a cursed feud. We'll be talking about this. It's probably one of the least, like, what a bad luck feud these two have had from the very beginning. It's just things have not gone right. Yeah, they've had to stop and start this feud, I think, two or three times, just due to different weird circumstances, COVID being one of them, then Sammy having to have his hiatus for a month or to and then just everything else that's the just, chair thing the this chair bump thing. i mean yeah it's just it is crazy uh, we'll see what happens if they decide if this is over with or they decide to do something more hopefully it's done with them yeah we, we can't it. afford it man hardy's gonna die if they keep doing this yeah it's it's practically it's yeah it's it, we need him to be at least in one piece or at least rebby needs him to be in one piece otherwise she may start killing people on the roster yeah who knows but anyway, so um, after Matt wins that, we end up with the Sheeta and Thunder Rosa match for the AEW Women's uh, Championship. Yeah, man, like this did, like, when I watched it last night, I liked it a lot and I thought it was good. But I was, my opinion was that it was a really good match worked by two women that didn't have good chemistry. I completely take that back watching it the second time. This was a battle for attrition. It didn't, like I said earlier, it didn't look like they were working with each other to do a match. It looked like they were fighting each other. Um, and this is, watching it again, this is a really strong, really got good match. Sure, you can argue Thunderosa doesn't even work for the promotion, so what does it do? But hey, whatever. Women got a chance. Sheeta got a chance to show what she can do even more. And this was a very strong match. And it did, to me, honestly, also bring back a lot of like, okay, I'm kind of back into this like yeah. how time is over oh no absolutely and yeah and i'm so happy the women get more time because that's the big thing i harp about is i want to see the women more you have a great roster you have great talent that you have in your in your system i want to see them more and this was a, like a 20 minute match a great brawl you definitely felt the you know fight of each of the ladies that were in there i thought it was a great diverse match for a women's match we had one who you know a lady who's a you know, mexican um you know mexican woman, immigrant from you know mexico we have another one from japan in the main spotlight 
right? You know, it wasn't like WWE where it's just a bunch of white girls with blonde hair competing and, you know, occasionally there's a black girl here and there. The diversity was great in the match and also, too, just the diversity of the match itself. And, you know, I wasn't bored and it wasn't weak at all. I thought it was a wonderful way to kind of push both women along uh, regardless of who won the match. She, uh, Rosa was taking it to her, trying to wear her down, for different submissions and like work, trying to work yep. things. And she was able to kind of work out with her strikes and kind of like the tricks out of her bag to keep her going to the end where she was just finding, able to find that right opportunity to get the knee to Rosa and take her down. But the match could have gone either way. But yeah, I, I really liked this match. I thought it was really good. Yeah, me personally, I, I agree. And I think it was one of the standout matches of the night for sure. They and gave I, these, man, they gave all the matches a lot of time. And maybe that's a detriment to some of them. But I feel like the the better matches benefited from that time. You really got to see the, the competitors in those matches tell stories. No, I agree. And it was, again, all three of the matches, you know, and we'll talk later when we get to them, the Tag Team Championship match as well as the AEW World Championship match. I mean, they gave them extra time, and it paid off, in my opinion. Each of those matches were at least 20 minutes long, or you know, and it was fun the entire time. Uh, so, yeah, so Sheeta ends up uh, winning, ends up retaining the title. But, again, regardless of the outcome, both women look amazing out of the, coming out of this match. Uh, next, we end up going to uh, Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky with the Natural Nightmares versus the Dark Order, uh, Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, Stu Grayson, and Evil Uno. This could have been caught. This way, I, I agree. But, but for a minor undercard thing on a pay-per-view, like I said, I look back at something. This is not bad. This is... Bunch of guys, you know, you wanted Matt Cardona, give him a shot on there. Um, the Dark Order is always, I think, we're, I'm into the Dark Order. I know you are, too, so I'm interested. In, anytime you can see a group of them together working as a unit, it's interesting. And they, they tell, they do the storytelling with that unit. And Brody and his different, how he is towards the different members of the Dark Order and the hierarchy in there. Um, and then you have Anna Jay even kind of getting into this one a little bit. Brody, uh, Brandy getting a little bit of revenge, but... I mean, whatever, this wasn't anything special. This could have been on Dynamite, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't overly long, so... Well, I will say one thing. I liked, I liked Brandy was spicy tonight, uh, on Saturday, and it was it was cool. She was pretty, pretty crazy and pretty animated outside the ring, so that was nice to see, but... Um, yeah, and honestly, anytime you, you give me Scorpio Sky in a match, it's great. But as I was saying with you, Nick, too, I'm getting a little sick of the six-man, eight-man tag teams. Where I feel like we're getting them every week, every pay-per-view. I would personally would have liked maybe just a regular straight tag team match. You know, you have Cole Cabana and Brody versus, you know, two other people. But it was a good match. It was, didn't bring the show down any. It didn't. It was a good way to get from point A to point B. Yeah, I just, I agree with you. But, I mean, having Dark Order in those is okay, though, because there's they're a group of... Ten or what? How many people are in it? So yep. I don't like with them. I don't mind if that's what you're gonna do to showcase them. But I agree. You know the the six man, eight mans, blah blah blah. That's you know, and, and that would be cool. And I agree with you. And I like I agree with your point on Dark Order. I think what I I would like to see maybe possibly is maybe another faction that's as big as the Dark Order, and then you might have some turf rivalry or use those in a way to tell a story. with because well, if you're factions. watching, dude, if they were to do a four way right now with the Elite. Like, you wouldn't want to watch that fucking four-way and no. see what the fuck was going to happen. Yeah, I'd be curious. That's true. That's true. But then again, who knows what's going on with the Elite coming out of tonight. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's why you'd want, like, you know, yeah. some of these groups, it's okay. As you have factions, it might, it is necessary to do this because you can get, you can put the whole faction out there in the ring and see what's going on. And I did think the Natural Nightmares looked great. I thought um, uh, Dustin Rose looked phenomenal. I think mean, he always looks great. And then, of course, after this match, he cuts a phenomenal promo. Yeah. I mean, one of the best promos I've seen probably all year, I would say. It was really, really good stuff. It reminded me of, you know, the old school, you know, a real pro wrestling promo. And it was, a, you know, to your, I think you told me it was his honest reaction after the match. So it was just unscripted, uncut, and raw. It was great. That's what it felt like. And it did have that mid-Atlantic, like him telling him on the spot, hey, you you know, you got that, especially being Tony Schiavone. Uh, <laughs> it's got that Crockett feel of the interview, uh, oh, you know, and him telling him right on the spot. Yeah, I, uh, Dustin, would, that was a great promo, and uh, love that guy. I, you know, when I was looking at those cards, it was in 98. One of the, he was, 
in Luna Vachon. It was a SummerSlam, and he was in Luna's corner. By in '98, WWE had already been like, "Fuck this guy, we're done with him." And now we have 2020. The guy's still fucking awesome and showing what he can do and giving a chance. Like a fine wine, Dustin Rhodes gets better with age. Um, and and actually, and the reason why Dustin cuts that awesome promo is because his team ends up winning the match. They end up beating the Dark Order, and it was hilarious because when Brody Lee lost this match, literally looked like he shit his pants. It was awesome. The best. Reaction I've seen from Brody probably all year. Since he is, been in. yeah, Cole Cabana. You know, he was helping Cole Cabana out, spoons feeding him all this time, and then Cole gets a little cocky and costs him the match. Brody doesn't suffer that shit. I love it. I mean, there's gonna be hell to pay on Monday on being the elite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Silver's going to get the shit kicked out of him. I mean, does Brody Lee have enough pa- paper? That's my question. But it's still going to, it's not even going to be cold. It's going to be Silver that's going to get, and oh, yeah. maybe Uno, but probably Silver that's going to piss him off. He's going to upgrade to cardstock. He's going <laughs> to give him thicker paper after, after tonight, man. I swear. He's got to keep him in line. Uh, and then after that, we have, uh, okay, so if, if Sheeta and Thunder Rosa was a phenomenal match, well, here's another phenomenal match of the night. We get. Uh, for the tag team championships, we get FTR versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. And man, was this a special match! I mean, this is my. Well, I think this is one of the best tag team matches they've done. It may not be as flashy as like the, the uh, Escalero Del Morte match or whatever, or the Hangman and uh, may not have. It did actually have the drama of the Hangman, uh, the Bucks, and Hangman versus oh, yeah. Hangman and uh, Omega, like. Watch this damn match. This is how you do a tag team match. The FTR are perfect as heels. The little bit of things, like how they start on page and go to take his breath out of him right away, right? And then they're working on that. And when it switches up to Kenny, they do that too. And they're trying to slow him down. But there's a point where Kenny, they're able to get the chop lock in almost out of desperation. But it works. And then once that works, they... And Kenny's still tired, like, because he's beaten down, the chop block really takes on. Then they finally start working on the leg. They don't just go into it right off the bat. They're feeling around, looking for what they need to do. They're always out of position. Uh, Dax will be down on the, off the apron doing something over here, distracting or pulling him this way, or casually pulling him that way. Uh, they do that first, they call, and then as they start getting the advantage, then you notice the opponent finds himself more in their corner, the quick tags, the going after body. It's not like they just jump right into it. It's They look a, oh, so good. This match takes its time. It breathes. Obviously, the emotion between Paige and uh, Hangman is there right from the very beginning. The storytelling is strong all the way through, but then just also just the precise wrestling. You have Tully Blanchard out there who doesn't do anything in this match, but just his presence out there. You always wonder, like, well, when is he gonna? But you don't need to worry about Tully. You need to worry about Cash and Dax, or whatever their names are now. You know, I think this is one of those matches where they, you know, you always hear about storytelling in wrestling, but this is one of the few matches where you get to see storytelling both inside and outside of the ring. Where both of what happens inside and outside of the ring, even before the match begins and during the match, are all completely important and all integral parts of telling the story of what's been going on. So as everybody knows, the Elite has been having some rocky times. Hangman Page, Kenny Omega haven't been really getting along. There's been some doubt as to what's going on with the greater, you know, health of the team of the elite uh, and coming into this match as soon as it even begins there's already some doubt cast of hey will hangman and, and kenny be able to you know settle you know put their differences aside and settle things and come together to be able to beat ftr and you know retain the championships and everything else there's a lot of doubt and already you had that storytelling going in and then once you're working your way through the match there was even more of that stellar storytelling going on and then you know to you know as you were saying nick with ftr just you know being clinicians of that old school style being able to um, um, you know, work with Tully and just, you know, scheme on the outside and double team and cheat and wait for the referee to turn his back. I mean, all fantastic, great shit. Um, and, you know, of course, we, we as you get, you know, through the match, there's that turning point, of course, between the collision of Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Yeah, that's where it starts going down. Then you see FTR adding on the pressure with doing more power moves, separating, doing the double teams one-on-one, getting them more and more separate, keeping them out of their funk, not giving them a chance to rebound and start flowing together again. And that was basically, that was the beginning of the end for Paige and Hangman. 
Yep, no, absolutely. Um, you know, they again, due to miscommunication, they end up colliding and it ends up costing them the match. And I'm actually happy with the outcome of this match. We have the Hangman and uh, Kenny Omega dropping the titles. FTR now become your new AEW Tag Team Champions. And like I said, I couldn't be happier with the result of this and with the further fracturing and drama between Kenny and Paige. I've been a fan of uh, FTR since the chop block on Chad Gable in the Dusty Rhodes tournament when they first really became established. I like Dax, Dash, whatever you... When he was walking around with a wrench the first time with Cash, then when Cash got hurt, I forget, I think he was with, like, Steve Cutler or something like that. Still liked him. When he was with Sylvester LaFort as a fan. So... Going on all this way, I've watched all the great matches with DIY. Uh, I thought watch um, American Alpha, etc. What they did on Raw SmackDown wasn't great, but they won the titles there. So now they add the AEW titles onto that, and they're really moving up in the ranks with the Dudley Boys and the Road Warriors and those kind of teams right now. And they're still really young. And it's not going to be too long that they're going to be able to go to Japan and they're really going to have that final piece of being able to say they might be the greatest tag team of all time. Yeah, I mean, up there with, I mean, even Classic Tag, Catalyst, Freebirds, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, they're up there. They're, they're, they can, they Who are the biggest play. fans of FTR? What guys right now stood up and said they love FTR? Jim Cornette. Jim fucking Cornette, Yo. who hates everything. Rock and Roll. And, 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 and Tully Blanchard. So, I mean... And Arn Anderson, it's those people. The it's those guys that are saying no. These guys are are the great ones. So yeah. it, it's the proofs in the pudding right there. Yeah, I recommend all these matches. Are slow. there was a lot more wrestling on this, and a lot more. The undercard matches had the goofy, fun sports entertainment shit, but the main event, these championship matches, were fucking brought wrestling, and I thought really good rest pro wrestling stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, we got to realize, guys, we are within the first year of AEW. I mean, we are within the first year of a startup company by a bunch of ragtag independents and some people you may have heard of. And less than a year later, this is where we're at. I, I mean, shit, I'm pretty happy with the results so far. Yeah, the tag team division will only get better with these guys at the top of it. Um Oh, yeah, especially with tag team not being relevant for the last fucking 30 years well, until It AEW. is an AEW, yeah, definitely. Until AEW comes around, it's great stuff. Even the bottom tag teams, like, I mean, the initiative just broke up, but I love them. Like I said, Silver and Reynolds, I fucking love. Like, I mean, and those teams are nowhere near even being ranked. Yep, no, absolutely. So, again, you know, the Thunder Rosa Sheeta match and uh, the FTR tag team match, two of the two of the greatest matches, and we'll get to one the third uh, great match of the night. But before that, we have our Mimosa Mayhem match between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. And for me... This one kind of fell flat a little bit well, for me. Yeah, because I I didn't really want it in the first place. This feud was okay. It's a funny little feud, but it could have ended a while ago. I get it. All right, cool. They want to finish it off. I like the way they did the thing with the tanks on the stage. I thought it looked cool. It added to the story of them, of you know, uh, teasing who's going to fall in and stuff like that, but... I really have a long card and everything that had been on that night. Sandwich in between these wrestling. It was good to sandwich in between these wrestling matches because it broke it up. But yeah, I really didn't care about this match. It wasn't. Yeah, same. There does not need to be a fourth match or a fifth match or any other. This let, let it end here and I figure out what the hell you're going to do with Orange Cassidy. Is he going to continue to be a, this gimmick, ma- you know, valet, or is he going to actually start doing, you know, entering into singles competition and become competitive? I'd like to see him become competitive and see what happens with it, but they'll have to figure out a way to kind of maneuver that with the character. Yeah, Chris, you can get people over. Good, congratulations. Yep, you can get anything over. We got that. Yeah, those are probably the one I was. Like I said, all like it goes down. There's three really good matches, and then four or five, give or take. What depending on what you like. Yeah. None of them are insulting or like make you want to rage quit. You know, it's not the fiend and fucking Seth Rollins. You know, oh. but yeah, I can see the other matches other than the the big three. But I think the three championship matches once again carry the rest of what you. If if you find the rest of the stuff weak, okay, I can't. 
That's yeah. Idea. Or the fucking what was that? The fucking fiend and goddamn Braun Strowman. That was like a that was like a that was an erotic fucking porno almost. That yeah, that I mean bad. whatever. It's all horrible. Anyway, but, uh, way, way better than it is. So Cassidy ends up giving uh, Jericho the old dunk in the tank, and uh, Cassidy ends up winning. And then uh, to our third crowning jewel of the night, the AEW Championship match between Jan Moxley and MJF, the champion we all need. They show the clips of my, uh, MJF as a little kid, and you want you hate him even more <laughs> after that. Uh, this was a slow match. Once again, a war of attrition between the two. They were telling the story, though, all the way through of MJF wants to keep it in the ring. Moxley wants to bring it out. Eventually, MJF does as good as he can, but the two worlds cross. And we see what MJF's made out of. And although he doesn't ultimately succeed, at the end of the day, we see a very dangerous person and a guy that... We thought it was just running his mouth now that there is something to back it up and he can go when the shit gets fucking rough. No, I thought it was great. I liked it, you know, loved seeing Moxley. And again, as Moxley came out, he had to, like, you know, run away from a fan that I guess had jumped the barricade or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Wow, when you have limited amount of capacity and you still have crazy fans that are jumping, trying to attack. uh, Because it's not like he's coming out of a crowd. He's coming, you know, like, Moxley can see him coming. So, yeah, it was very stupid on that fan's part. But um, he did get down, down to the ring safely. And uh, also, I thought Wardlow was really good in this match, not doing anything but, like, just really always up, breathing on Moxley's neck just to fucking know that his presence was there. Although I commend Wardlow. He was being honest tonight. I didn't see any much shenanigans from him on ringside. I was expecting to see a lot more, so... That was good on him, and it was it was a great fought, fought match. It was really hardly it was hard uh, battled between two men, and then I love it. Like I think like the midway point, uh, I think uh, was it MJF ends up split open and just ends up just gushing blood. So like everybody's covered in blood like ha- the last half of this match, which is great, and just adds to the emotion and the drama that these two guys have created. But ultimately, it ends where. You know, uh, Moxley ends up, you know, uh, winning and ends up retaining the title. And I'm very happy with that outcome. I want to see what else Moxley has to do. Because, again, I've everyone's, you know, wanted MJF to win probably. And maybe the reviews will say that or whatever the hell. But I'm glad that Moxley is, is being kept as their stable championship champion because during covid he got kind of screwed he got sick with covid so he got taken out of commission for a long while and i think moxley is one of those guys you need to let simmer for about six to eight months with a really good storyline and just keep going so i'd like to see him you know carry on the championship maybe till the end of the year or maybe until the christmas season and you know see what else he has in him yeah, he's he's been a good champ. I think whatever guy you bring up against him, it's like, oh, okay, what's this going to be? And that's, you know, like, oh, this is going to be good. How are these guys going to beat him? How is he going to get past them? Um, so, I, yeah, I have no problem with his run. I think we'll look back as this is a pretty good run despite everything. Uh, I, yeah, it would be cool if MJF would have won. But MJF still won at the end of the day. The more pussy he tried to be a pussy but he got dragged out by Jer- moxley when moxley would drag him in instead of like not being able folding he he got vicious even while blood's trickling down his face yep. um it was a, the there was a slow but it was a cat and mouse kind of match so i don't mind the slow pace there um yeah just good like i said just really good shit uh moxley just has taken on powerhouse guys he's taking on smart wiley you know heels uh, he's taking on brawlers so we've seen a good range of competition in moxley's run and for a baby face it's really good i mean yeah you can always give it to a heel and it'll be exciting for a little while but if you can keep it a baby face run going i think that's that's what you want to do and so far, it's been really good. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I and as you and I think you and I always have this cyber conversation. But I don't know if we. I think we may have talked about it last week though. But AEW needs some more baby faces, and you know we already have enough heels. We got to see some more baby faces. So like with like for example with the Kenny Omega and Hangman split. I hope out of that split, Omega goes heel and Hangman becomes the baby face that we all need and want and becomes the baby face of AEW because I think he can... Oh, hey, baby face. Oh, hey, baby face. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi. <laughs> I, um, right, they know they definitely need more. Everyone's a goddamn heel in the company. Yeah. Uh, instead, now the, the elite, it seems like most of them are about to turn heel. So, I mean, when you have, like, Cody Rhodes is one of your few faces, 
He's not a fucking, he's a complete dickhead. It's, yeah, you need a couple more guys. You know, you're not really ready to push Jungle Boy up into the forefront yet. Scorpio Skies, it hasn't really clicked. It can still, but hasn't yet. Uh, so, yeah, you got to be really careful. Hangman should be, like you said, the three of them should turn on Hangman. Yep. And Hangman kind of has his rock bottom moment, gives up the, the sauce, starts on the road to being, a, you know, getting that championship road to maybe by next year's, you know, double or nothing, he gets his shot finally. Um, and then, okay, you can turn the other, because I think, yeah, Hangman is a big star, and I think we're looking at this year, now this is the beginning of the next step of by the end of a year from now, he should be either champion or legitimate championship contender who the crowd's like really buying into and hungering to be the champion, chomping at the bit for. Well, I think absolutely. And up until this point, me for me personally, I've not liked the Bucks. I've not liked Kenny Omega because they positioned them as baby faces, and I don't know much about them, and I don't really like them. And I want to boo them, and you know what? I and they're even great heels, as I hear. You know, Kenny Omega is a great heel, apparently. So I want to see the shit. So yeah, when they convert over to heels, I'm going to be super excited about it. I hope that happens soon. But uh, yeah, like I said, all in all, pretty good, pretty good night tonight. Um, where, when it shined, it shined bright, and even the mess ups were pretty interesting and entertaining too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess it wasn't one of those things like, all right, I turned this down. What did I get? Like, you may not like everything you get. Um, but you got some. You got a major title change. You got appearance of a new wrestler. You got a lot of storylines either resolved or built up to the crescendo. Not perfect, but still, I thought a pretty decent pay per view. I don't think all all AEWs put on a bad show, really. Especially if you consider like if you're like me and you came up. You know, in the late 90s, watching those pay-per-views during the height of wrestling. And there was, the undercards were terrible. Oh, like, yeah. b- beyond terrible. This stuff you got tonight, you bitch about, you would pray for this kind of stuff. And hey, the alternative is WWE. We all know how that'll fucking turn out. So yeah, bitching. exactly. <laughs> I enjoy giving two pay-per-views in two weeks in WWE. Alright, well, Tony, um, so we were both, I think, uh... Give the show above average views, yeah, right? Like a B, yeah. B yeah, plus. I give a B for sure. Absolutely. I give it about by, by a B too. Um, so that is All Out 2020. The next pay-per-view they're going to have is Full Gear. But then they'll be back on Wednesdays this week for Dynamite. So I can't wait. MJF is going to be livid. I guarantee it. Like any good people are like, also, this isn't the end of their feud. Everyone's like, well, I guess he's going on against Larcher. Archer has a title shot, sure. That doesn't mean it's going to be right away. If MGF is any bit the heel that I know he is, he's going to fucking lose his fucking shit on Wednesday. It was an illegal hold that wasn't allowed in the match. Oh, well, it was on the paper. If he would have done it, he would. Heels don't think that way. Heels are like, oh, well, it could have happened to me. Oh, well, I guess it happens. No, they're dickheads. What are you talking about? Like, he's going to be totally pissed. He's going to be pissed at Warlow. So that sets up more shit here. This is the first match between the two. This isn't the last match between the two. And we might still see MJF in a couple months emerge out of this as a champion. And if it keeps on going like this, he will be totally respected as a guy who should be champion when it does come. Oh, I can't wait to see the crazy-ass conspiracy MJF spins in order to get back at John Moxley for this. So, yeah, no, off to the races. Let's keep it going. I know we would have liked to see... I think a lot of people wanted to see the Elite thing finally crumble and some big explosion, and I agree. A little disappointed on that, but we're going to get it. I agree with some people well, that should happen on one of your big pay-per-views when you only have four a year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I can't argue that. Um... The Hardy thing, I think we're going to see that end, but uh, hopefully we'll see where they go on from now, from here with Matt Hardy. So I'm excited for uh, Dynamite. I don't know if they're going unopposed again. Uh, it looks like NXT may be bailing out off of Wednesday nights here sooner than later. Yeah. We'll see what's going on, but things are going really good for All Elite. I hope... People watch this pay-per-view for themselves and don't just listen to the reviewers. Because like I said, a lot of these reviewers, once, I think once you get done with the show, you're fatigued too. I think we've got to go back and watch it today. And get, I had a better opinion of a lot of the stuff as opposed to how I did last night. And I think a lot of people are just so afraid to like 
say good things and they're so over analytical because they don't want to look like a dummy. Listen, I don't mind if Jim Cornette makes me look like a dummy. You want to know why? Because I'm a guy that's been watching wrestling, but I've never worked in the business. I am um, a, I'm a cameraman. Okay. And I have opinion. I think I, I know a little bit about wrestling, but, um, Jim Cornette is a goddamn Hall of Famer and one of the best people at what he does, being a manager uh, ever. There's one guy above him, and that's Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, so I don't really need to hold myself to the level of where I need to be on the same level as Jim Cornette. He's going to pick out things that I thought were cool that he thinks are stupid, and he's going to explain to me why it's stupid. And okay, whether I agree or don't. It doesn't mean I need to be afraid of enjoying shit because I'm like, oh my God, well, uh, I don't know what's corny going to think about this. I don't want to look dumb. I don't want uh, uh, Brian Zane to think I'm stupid in the comments. <laughs> Just watch the shit. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you fucking don't. Don't hold yourself to the level where you got to look at a fine tooth comb like Jim Cornette. You're not fucking Jim Cornette. None of you are. No one fucking is. There's people in the business that aren't Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette is a giant nerd and a genius when it comes to fucking wrestling like and he's also one that's going to over always be hypercritical so just fucking relax you're not jim Cornette. enjoy the fucking show yeah no absolutely i mean fuck nick can attest i i i listen to jim Cornette. i like it i call kenny omega kenny olivia all the time but still i watch his matches and i respect what he does you know it's fucking entertainment guys let's just sit back and laugh let's not take it so fucking seriously and even when you do take it seriously let's laugh at those who do because I laugh all the time at Jim Cornette's podcast right. you know? it doesn't matter what you know or how smart you are yeah. he's gonna think that you're a fucking moron mark that likes outshow outlaw mojo shit if you're under four if you're my age I'm 40 I didn't grow up on fucking brawls at Mid-South fucking in Memphis and shit. I grew up on a guy that fucking came out, beat his opponents in four fucking moves, one of those being a leg drop, because of the spirit of the American and his, his fans. He'd be, he'd be knocked out because his fans yelled loud enough and gave him enough power. That's what I grew up on, so I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I don't feel the need to hold it to the same candle. And if I like something and Corny explains to me how dumb it is, that may not necessarily change how I fucking feel, because it's... We're come in from a different point of fucking view. Yep, no, absolutely. I like comedy. I like stupid shit. I like Chris Jericho. Yep. <laughs> Alright, All right. that's it. Tony, got anything else you want to say? No, everybody keep it classy and uh, get your mimosas handy. Tough ring with Nick and Tony. We'll see you Wednesday night. Yeah. I say yeah. <laughs>